In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We only hear once from Mary, the mother of Jesus, and that's in the very beginning when the angel comes to her and tells her that she is to bear a son. And when the angel Gabriel gives her that message, she says yes to God, that she is willing to bear the son and to call the son Emmanuel, God with us. And then there's that long trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant with Joseph, struggling to make it back for the census, struggling to find a place to give birth, and then the birth itself, the birth surrounded by stars and shepherds and kings that come to see this tiny child. And Mary as a young mother knowing that this child is special. She has been told that the child is special. She knows that the child is from God. But then life continues. She raises the child. He's normal has fun, plays, she has more children. And aside from losing him in the temple when they went for the Passover to Jerusalem when he was a young boy, nothing unusual really happens. The people of the town of Nazareth, they grow to know this, this person, his name is Jesus, and he's compassionate and kind and good and spends time helping his father in the carpenter's shop and being with his mother. And Mary grows used to his attention, his being home, being with him, enjoying life with him. And it goes on for 30 years. He's the favorite of the town. And then one day he comes to his mother and he tells his mother that he's been called out and that he needs to leave and he needs to go do his father's work. And Mary's confused. You have been doing your father's work. And he says, no, my father in heaven. I need to do the work of my father in heaven. And he leaves and he goes down to the Galilean Sea and he begins to find people. And he calls fishermen away from their nets and their jobs and they follow him. And soon he has a band of men following him, 12 men. And they begin to travel from town to town. Mary follows along with the women. When they get to a town, the women put together a meal. They find a place for them to stay. They, they help them be comfortable. They care for them as the men go out and begin the ministry of Jesus. He heals people, blind people, sick people, people who have demons. And soon he has a reputation and people begin to follow him, wanting to be near him. They see that things are happening. He reaches out to them in love. He reaches out to people who have never been loved ever in their whole lives. In the midst of a crowd, a woman who has not been touched for 12 years, who has been hemorrhaging, touches the hem of his garment and he feels the power go out of him. And his mother was watching all of this. And Jesus turns around and who touched me? 
And she winces because she's seen the woman and she knows the woman should not have touched him. But when the woman says, I did, Lord, he goes to her and he embraces her. She watches as he ministers to people, as he touches people, as he heals people, as he gathers people around, as he feeds people. And the crowds get bigger and bigger. And she sees him preaching in the field words that can only come from God. And the crowds get bigger, and she's worried about him. He seems tired and exhausted, and he goes off into the middle of the sea to pray, or he goes up on the mountain, but they, they follow him everywhere. And this goes on for years, and she gets closer to the women that she's traveling with. She gets to know the men in the band, Peter, who is constantly saying the wrong things, but yet loves Jesus so much and Andrew, who brings people to Jesus all the time, and Philip, and Judas, and all the disciples. She grows to love them like her own sons, and they love Jesus. They will go anywhere with him. They fish with him. They eat with him. They sleep with him. They pray with him. The Passover is approaching, and Jesus wants to go to Jerusalem. But Mary has heard in the towns that they have visited that the authorities are not happy with Jesus. They are not happy that he has gotten all of these crowds following him around. They think he's trying to take over. They've heard him called the king of the Jews, and there is no king but Caesar. They don't want somebody usurping their power. They're worried that there might be a revolt. They are the ones in control. They need the slaves. They need the people to worship them, to do their work. They don't want some, someone from the town of Nazareth causing an uprising and a revolt. And Mary has heard that they are going to find Jesus. They need to kill him. They need to get rid of him. The authorities in the church don't like what he's doing. He's associating with all the wrong people. He's touching the unclean. He doesn't obey the rules. He heals people on the Sabbath. He's not following any of the rules that they have set up. They want to find him. They need to stop this. They're getting closer to Jerusalem, and they, they find this house, and they go up into the upper room, and Mary and the women are serving the disciples food and drink. Jesus is celebrating. He's laughing. He's carrying on. They're having this wonderful supper. And in the middle of it, he gets up to wash their feet. And, and the, the owner of the room is appalled. That's his job. And here is, here is this man who has healed people, fed people, been with people, washing the feet of the disciples. And he tells the disciples, I do this so that you will know to go out and love others and wash their feet. To serve others is the way. It's the way of love. It's the way of truth. It's my way. And they're, they're just having a wonderful 
loving, friendly time, and Jesus breaks bread and he shares it with everybody. But Mary can sense the underlying tension in the room and she sees Jesus looking at Judas and she wonders, what's wrong? They've been friends for three years, close friends. They've gone everywhere together, but she senses a tension. And then she sees Jesus telling Peter something. And she, and she feels a knot growing in her stomach. And that night as she lays trying to sleep, hearing the crowds coming from all over to the Passover, she knows something is wrong. Something is going to happen. It's that terrible feeling where you know something's going to happen, but you don't know what it is. So she ponders in her heart, and in her heart of hearts, she knows they're after her son. She has seen the thousand crucifixes on the hillside. She has seen the Romans take and arrest people and torture and kill them on the cross. And she's afraid to think that this might happen to her son. She can't bear it. She can't sleep. She can't think. She doesn't know what to do. She's wringing her hands. This is my son, my beloved son, the one that God gave me, God with us. God, she says, how can, you, how can you do this? Protect my son, God. Please protect my son. And then she remembers Jesus teaching her how to pray. And she remembers the words Jesus said to her. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And that Mary gave it up to God. Thy will be done, God, as it was when I said yes to the birth. I say yes now to what happens to my son. Thy will be done. Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath, 
Am I not to drink the cup that fa the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officers, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter was also standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? 
After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to the law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, here is your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross, it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lot for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says, they divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother 
and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, which Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because the Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Mary stood at the foot of the cross and watched her son suffer and die. She watched as men who had spent years with her son betray him and abandon him. She watched her son, who was the son of God, be tortured. And she saw him give up his spirit. And the promises that came at, the, at his birth now suddenly seemed empty. The man who was God with us had walked to the cross, been abandoned, tortured, and had died. God being tortured God suffering, God being betrayed, God feeling abandoned. 
Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they pierced him in his side? Were you there when they pierced him in his side? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they pierced him in his side? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you 